0: to The Single Cell World, the podcast for scientists in which we disentangle single cell technology. Here, frustration and failure are transformed into clarity and understanding. I am Katia Motino, and in this podcast, I want to share with you my experience in single cell research. How? In the form of useful advices that you can use in the lab after each episode. Ready to learn? Let's start! Welcome to another episode of the Single Cell World podcast. I hope everything is well on your side. Today's podcast will be about one of the most surprising single cell RNA technologies on the market. Well, at least for me. Just a small teaser. We just need a vortex. Yes. To tell us everything about it, I have a special guest, Christina Fontanes, co-founder and the senior vice president of product development of Fluent Biosciences, the company that commercialized this technology. Hi, Christina. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Welcome. It is a pleasure. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from and how did you end up as a senior vice president at Fluent Biosciences? Sure. Uh,
1: I grew up in upstate New York and then went to college in New Jersey at Princeton University for molecular biology. Then I moved to the Boston area for graduate school at Harvard uh, where I did my PhD in, in biology. And so like many people, once I came to the Boston area, I've never left. It's a real, thriving biotech scene here with lots of opportunities. So my first role in industry after my postdoc at MIT uh, was at Kyogen. I worked in the NGS technologies group on the gene reader DNA sequencing platform. After that, I went to BioRad in Cambridge. I was working on a droplet microfluidics platform for oncology assays there. Uh, and soon after joining BioRad, you know, they decided to consolidate their droplet platforms into California. And so I was looking for a new position and my former boss at BioRad, Sapir reached out to me at evaluating this novel technology uh, for microfluidics-free emulsification. And so I worked with him on scientific diligence for several months and then had the opportunity to co-found the company along with SEP, our academic founder, Adam Abate, Gary Zweiger, Bill Hume and Robert Meltzer, and so it's been really great building this company from the ground up and scaling it from you know a single scientist to the approximately forty staff we have today.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow! <laughs> what about Fluent Biosciences? Where is it based, and what are the goals of the company? Sure, we're based in Watertown, Massachusetts, so just a couple miles
1: away from Boston and Cambridge. Our goals are to bring the power of high-quality single-cell biology to every laboratory by providing scalable, cost-effective, and easy-to-implement single-cell solutions. So really, we want single cell at every benchtop everywhere.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think you will be able to do it. <laughs> but let's talk now about the technology. You have a product, a line that is called PipeSeq3, 3' I think. So PipeSeq3' prime single cell RNA kits, which enable the study of gene expression through 3' mRNA information, right?
1: These are PIPSeq kits. And the PIP comes from particle templated instant partition or PIP. And so it's PIP sequencing. And yes, these kits are available on the market today we're so excited for more and more people to use them
0: So let's say that I want to to use a kit what do I need as input material sales? Can I use nuclei? Yes. So our goal with pip was to make it as flexible as
1: possible. And really, it is one of the most flexible technologies out there in the market. You can use fresh cells, fixed cells, fresh nuclei, fixed nuclei, frozen cells, frozen nuclei, whatever
0: you want. You can really put it into pip Okay, that's good to know. So there is a lot of flexibility in terms of input material, right? Yes. Well, we are a
1: startup, right? So we haven't tested every single thing out there in the world, Um, but we have a growing customer base that... That's been doing a lot of that work for us.
0: Yeah, that was my next question. What about the support in terms of sample preparation? Do you have already some resources, some support in terms of sample preparation protocols?
1: Yes, we have a, uh, a protocol on our website that talks about sample prep for mammalian cells. And in our, each of our user guides, we have sections about cells and nuclei. Um, we also provide in our kit specific suspension buffers, whether you're using cells or nuclei, to ensure that when they go in the kit, they'll be in the back possible position. But in terms of the breadth of the species, you know, we've got most of our customers are using human or mouse tissues, so brain, lung, heart, colon, et cetera. But we have had customers with successful studies in non-model organisms. So plant protoplasts, protozoans, the apicomplexan parasites, pigs, fish, uh, drosophila, sea anemone, and skates even. So the list really keeps growing. You know, we have people that are testing it on things that have never done single-cell before, in part because of our technology is so flexible. Um, so a great case example right now is that we have a customer at the NIH running our kits inside BSL-4 facilities. So we're very excited to see what comes out of that.
0: Yeah, that's really great because one of the limitations, or I will not say problem, like limitation of new technology is that normally they it was tested in a small amount of samples, right? Normally we test in humans, in mice, as you mentioned, but it seems that PIPC was tested in a lot of things. So that's great to update. It has been tested, but mostly our customers have been doing that work. I mean, we, we are
1: small startups. So we didn't have the opportunity to do a lot of this work, but the flexibility of the platform is such that the buffer that goes in the pip is is fairly flexible and can be modified. Do You have customers that have cell types that perhaps have different osmolarity requirements and our emulsification technology is very robust to changes like that. So we just work with our users directly and they ask, you know, what? how do I need to modify this buffer to look like the buffer? I already know my cells are happy in, and then we can emulsify with it.
0: Yeah, that is a very clever strategy, I have to say, because I think it's like for other companies that are listening to us. I think what's important is not that the company tried it. No, that you have researchers that try the technology and those researchers can give their feedback. I think this is important in terms of customer trust, I will say.
1: Yes, very much. We know that our customers know their cells better than we do. Yeah, well. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. yes, What about the number of cells? How many cells will I need to start uh, with Pipsy kit? I know that you have different versions of Pipsy, right? We have
1: three different kits that are commercially available in our three prime product
0: line. The Pipsy T2
1: kit, uh, which is an eight reaction kit that allows you to capture 2000 cells per reaction. We have the Pipsy T20 kit. Which is a four reaction kit that allows users to capture 20,000 cells per reaction. And we have the PIPSEET T100 kit, which is a two reaction kit that allows users to capture 100,000 cells per reaction. And so those are our standard three prime kits. And we have users going down to tens of cells in our T2 kits and, and going up with our T100 kits. You're going to be inputting 200,000 cells, but we had users go even higher than that. It is great that the core emulsification technology that we have is so. Flexible to go from the T2, which is in a 0.5 mil tube, to the T100, which is in a 5 mil tube. And that's actually allowed us to scale to even higher than that. You know, we have in development million cell kits today. They're in the hands of a few select customers. And so we'll be very excited next year to hopefully get those more widely available.
0: Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. Now related with the number of cells. So a lot of people, they will not have so many cells. They can use the the kit that is for smaller number of cells. But if I want to save some money, right? (laughs) This is what people do. They say, okay, I want to save money. Let's put different samples, pull different samples together. Is it possible? There are different strategies to pull or to do multiplex that is called multiplex. Is it possible to do, for example, nowadays people are using the antibody antibodies, hashing antibodies, or even the multi-seq that is with lipids, lipids that are similar, they have a hashtag and uh, you can do it also. Is it possible? Did someone try?
1: Yes. So going
0: with the theme of pip
1: being the most familiar, flexible technology out there, indeed, we have already validated both multi-seq and sample hashing based on our antibodies Derived from violet, and so I'm hopeful that you know very soon we'll have some more information out there and protocols um, for both of those. We currently have demonstrated protocols on our website for an earlier version of our chemistry, uh, and very soon we'll be updating it for the V four plus version of our chemistry that we just released actually last week. And we're very excited for more customers to have to have the opportunity to do sample multiplexing or cell hashing. Now, of course. Our kits don't require cell hashing to be affordable, which is primarily one of the reasons that people do it. You know, we have people using the T2 from like prototyping uh, type of experiment because it is so affordable. And then once they've figured out their sample prep and the workflow, then they move up to our higher kits. Because of course, you know, cell hashing does require manipulation of your cells, which potentially could affect the biology, but users do have the flexibility to choose with PipSeq to do either.
0: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, great point. We will talk more in some minutes about the price, more or less. I don't need numbers. It's just a range of prices. But yeah, it's a great point what you mentioned, because I also advise always for people not to handle a lot their samples. So if you can do experiments, you have budget to do it without multiplexing, do it. It's worth it because the multiplex has some risks associated and our cells uh, will be handled during more time and this can be a problem afterwards for our results. So yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And besides the kit, will I need to buy a specific instrument or lab equipment or it's just the box that comes with the kit? <laughs> so what about the vortex, for example? Is the standard vortex It's actually a very sophisticated Vortex. So when we first started out the
1: company, we did start using a standard Vortex. But if you go into any lab and turn on their Vortexer, it's not going to be rotating at the same speed as even the same model Vortexer in someone else's lab. So since this is the core part of our technology that generates the emulsion, it needs to be consistent and robust no matter where you're running it. And so we ended up producing our own Vortexer. And so it's a digital Vortexer that you buy from us as a one-time purchase and enables you to use all of our kits. So all you have to do is change out the little tube holder on top. And so in addition to the Vortexer, we also provide a dry bath, which is for lysis steps to ensure that you get consistent emulsification and lysis when using the Pipsy workflow. And again, those are going to be compatible across all of our, our kits.
0: Okay. What is the range of prices that we are talking here? <laughs> yeah. So the starter kit is 3000
1: to 3500 um, for both the Vortexer and the dry bath. Uh, and that will enable users to do all of our kits and they will be compatible with future kits as well.
0: Okay, that's good. So let's say that I have everything that I need, my cell suspension, my cells will be great. What will be the first step of the kit workflow that I will need to do?
1: So once you've quantified your cells and you know what your viable cell concentration is, then according to which kit type you're using, you'll insert um, a specific volume and concentration of cells into the pit tube. And so that is the tube that we provide that contains those core particles that have been manufactured with all of the reagents necessary for cell and molecular identification. And so the users mix their cells with those core particles, then they add a partitioning fluid, and then you take that mixture and you put it onto the vortexer. And you vortex for about two minutes, um, 15 seconds is going to be horizontally. And then you flip the tube holder vertically, and then it vortexes for two minutes vertically. And after that, you have generated your emulsion. And And then we're going to add one more component that allows you to um, actually modify the environment inside the emulsion after it's been formed. And then you take that resulting uh, mixture of emulsions and you put it onto the dry bath where you go through a series of temperature steps for cell lysis and RNA capture. And that's where we hit a really important stopping point in our workflow where users can pause for up to 96 hours, just leave it on the dry bath. So you can go away for the weekend or a small vacation, then come back and your samples are stable. Or you could take advantage of the option to uh, utilize some services. So we have third-party providers that are going to be um, doing essentially all of the downstream processing for customers. And so it's really just 10 minutes of hands-on time to go from cells in. To that stopping point, um, which many of our customers have found extremely useful, especially if they're doing work in the field that allows them to ship their samples back to a laboratory for all of the downstream processing.
0: Mm -hmm. So you talk about, I don't know what you call it, but you have the cells and you have particles. These particles are like, it's just for me to imagine. I know that maybe you cannot tell us the secret, of course, but are like kind of beads. Right. So they're soft
1: beads. And of course, they have they end in a poly-T capture moiety that's necessary for capturing uh, mRNA. Um, but they also have a PCR handle on them. And so we manufacture those here in-house and we provide you know, a specific amount inside each of the PIP tubes, depending on which kit the user has purchased. And that really is the core innovation of pip which is the ability to generate these consistent emulsions just via simple vortex across this huge diversity of scales.
0: So they already come in the tube. We don't need to add, okay, each tube is for a certain amount of cells that we should put there. That's exactly right. Yes.
1: And so that is one of the, the differences between um, us and other technologies that are out there. We have actually done all of the work of preparing your cells to be labeled here uh, at Fluent. And so users are just mixing their cells and creating an emulsion so that the cells get segregated into individual droplets.
0: Okay. And how long can it stay in the safe point? 96 hours. Okay. 96 hours. If I want, to, because you mentioned that I can send it to a service facility. Mm-hmm. So how should I send it? If I need to send dry ice, room temperature? Uh, it's an ambient temperature. So we actually have a little shipping kit that we sell
1: that has essentially these gel packs in it that will keep your samples at about ambient temperature during the shipping, which usually doesn't take 96 hours. It usually goes up quite a bit faster than that. Uh, and so we have done a lot of that type of work with our V4.0 kits quite recently. And we are working with a variety of third-party service providers to get them up and running so that they could be running this independent including overseas.
0: That was my next question. (laughs) That's great. That's great. So after I have everything prepared, so I will have at the end a library, right? To sequence this library. Is there some specific, I, I suppose it will be short fragment sequencing, or can I also do a long fragment sequence already? Someone tried? This
1: is a great question. After you've generated your emulsion, you break your emulsion, which releases those particles that have the RNA attached. And we're doing cDNA synthesis and library preparation in bulk. And our library preparation is just a module. Right now, that module is tuned for Illumina sequencing, but we have demonstrated sequencing with other providers as well, uh, including Ultima, L- Element, singular, and we have done some long read sequencing internally. We don't have data that's shareable externally yet on that, uh, but I'm expecting it to come very soon. And so users should know that long read sequencing on PIPSeq is definitely going to be possible for them in the short term. And I encourage them to reach out to us, and we'd love to talk to them more about that.
0: Yeah, I always say that with the new technology, with the kids, everything is possible if we try. <laughs> so it's just a question of, of trying new things. Well, we, we always need to be in the lab that we have resources, right, to try new things. But yeah, it, it's great, this flexibility. What about the sequencing recommendations? Do you have specific, mainly for short fragment sequencing? For example, with Illumina, that is the most used platform.
1: Yeah, so in our user guides, we have a detailed section on Illumina sequencing. So what we provide in our kits are eight base unique dual indices. And so obviously you have to do eight bases for the sample index. Um, And we recommend users do 54 bases in read one and then the remaining bases in read two, which is where your transcript information is going to be. And we have validated uh, this on a variety of Illumina sequencing instruments from the MySeq all the way up to the NovaSeq 6000 and hopefully soon the
0: NovaX. Okay, that's great. Yeah, it's good. Again, this flexibility of customers can use what they have available and what they are used if they are using other type of technology. So yeah, besides the Pepsi kit you have right now, another product in early access release that can be used to get extra information, protein information, right? It's called PIPSIC epitope sequencing. Can you explain me a little bit about this new product? Yes. So this is the
1: product that touches on what we spoke about before, where we are demonstrating compatibility with antibodies from BioLegend. Sometimes these antibodies are targeting specific cell surface epitopes, um, like those for T-cells or B-cells. And that is what the epitope kit is for Wow. <laughs> Or you could be purchasing antibodies from BioLegend that are targeting a more general cell surface antibody. And in that case, you're going to be doing cell hashing or sample multiplexing. And so that protocol works for both of those use cases. Uh, so these would be antibody derived tags that you're capturing, um, which are polyadenylated with our same you know, poly T capture moieties, or what they call hashtag oligos. Uh, in both cases, you can do that with the epitope sequencing kits, which are currently compatible with our T20 kits and will soon be compatible with rt 100 as well.
0: Mm-hmm. A question that I remember now, I think maybe you answered, but I, I will just repeat it maybe. What about the size of the cells? Can be any size, right? Any size, any shape? So I think
1: it would be a bit much to say any size, any shape, because we haven't tested everything. Um, we've certainly tested down a nuclei. So you're in the you know, five micron range um, and we've gone upwards of 50, 60 microns. And we have users that are interested in testing larger, but our droplet size is about 85, 90 microns. And so if you were to have a cell that's the same size as the particle, as the droplet, that could be problematic. Although again, haven't tested it. And one of the aspects of the flexibility to our platform that users don't see is that we can actually generate the core particles at any size we want. So we have generated a core particle that allows us to capture kind of the diversity in the mammalian cell size space from nuclei to kind of standard mammalian cells. And that that captures a good bit of the market. But in the future, if we had a demand from the market for capturing particles that were you know, 100 micron or more, that is something we can do from a technology standpoint. Now, whether we, we would do it from a product standpoint is another question entirely. But I do want to, users to know that you know, again that's part of the flexibility of our platform is cell size would not necessarily be as big a limitation for us as it would be for other technologies that require redesign of microfluidic instruments
0: and chips. Mm-hmm. Okay yeah just a doubt, a doubt concerning the index for the samples do we need because I saw that you sell dual indexes in your webpage as a product do we need to use dual indexes and that you commercialize or can we use from other companies because if labs like the one that I was we had at the dual line index plate at the fridge or at the freezer, right? So the independent of the technology that we were using, we were using the same plate of dual indexes. Is it possible with your technology or we need to buy your dual indexes plate? So it depends on what the sequences are in the index plates that you already have. So
1: in our user guides, we provide the full sequence of our i5 and i7, and not just the index sequences, but also the handles, the adapters that are around them. So if you can confirm that the adapters in whatever plate you've already purchased are compatible, then yes, you You could certainly use yours, or um, users could purchase ours. Uh, We actually provide them as part of our standard three prime kits. In addition to the separate unique dual index 96 kit that you saw on our website, um, that is a one-time use plate. So each well is already pre-mixed with the appropriate I-5 and I-7 index. So users can just go into it once and and use that. So you don't have to purchase that plate because you're already going to get unique dual indexes with a kit purchase, uh, a standard Pixie kit purchase. But again, if users had a very specific, let's say eight or 10 base index they wanted to use, they could certainly purchase that along with the Oligo as well as they use the sequences that are in our user guides.
0: I'm also thinking about that a lot of people send their libraries to Sequence. They outsource. Basically, they send to Sequencers facility cores. So normally they have their own dual indexes. Right, we cannot. So it's also this is why I ask if we can use the dual indexes that other companies are selling. Yes, it's just a question of
1: evaluating whether the adapter sequences are compatible.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh, What about the data analysis? Because this is one of the main concerns for researchers, even for me, (laughs) like to do the data analysis of the experiments. Do you have a specific software, for example? We
1: do. So we totally agree that a key barrier. for accessing single cell tools is the complexity of the informatics analysis. We heard that often from our customers. And so we do attempt to simplify that process with PipSeeker, which is our user-friendly analysis software. For processing fluent sequencing data into count barcode matrices. So the software produces a detailed sample report containing your key metrics, clustering information, and differential expression. And the output is going to be compatible with a variety of tertiary analysis software open source. Um, and you can download our software today for free from our website, along with example data sets and detailed user guides. You can use it locally on Windows, Linux, Mac OS. Um, We also have a a cloud offering in beta for people who would rather just have a point and click kind of GUI.
0: Okay, that's great. I will leave the link for the website in the podcast description and all the links that you think they will be useful. You just send me and I will leave it for everyone to have available. What about the technical support? Do you have technical support, let's say, during all the single cell experiment, all the process from sample preparation, during the experiment, some things uh, that can go wrong? So what about that? Yes, we do have a small team of field application scientists uh, that
1: are serving technical support on pip starting at sample prep, all the way through to the analysis, including PIP-seeker. So one of the great things for us is that we're able to have a small team supporting a huge number of people because the workflow is so straightforward and, and intuitive. You know, most of the people that are actually struggling at sample prep, like you mentioned earlier, before you even get into uh, the pip kits. Uh, but we've had great feedback on the informatics support as well, uh, in particular, the detailed nature of our user guides that makes it easy to follow. Oh,
0: that's great. Yeah, yeah. Yes, most part of people uh, has struggles with the sample preparation. It's that I always say that the technology, the kids, you guys already developed a lot the protocol. You had teams developing it. So if you have a good sample, a good input, right? Happy cells or happy nuclei, everything will be okay. The problem is before the sample preparation. Of course, something can go wrong during the protocol. It happens, it happens to me, it happens to everyone, but normally the protocols that comes with the technology, they are well-developed. And um, I think I'm running out of questions. Anything that you would like to add to say? Sure. So we've touched a little bit on future products.
1: You know there are a lot of things that we could do with PIP-Seq technology, and we really do rely on our customers and the market to help guide you know where we ought to be going. And so a lot of the customer requests that we've been getting have been around CRISPR um, technologies. And so in the past we actually have demonstrated compatibility with uh, crop seek, so polyadenylated guides. So you can do that today with our kits, but customers are often looking for a more universal solution. And so that is something that is under development. And so we would encourage people to reach out to us. If they want to learn more about that. Um, we also are uh, working on, as I mentioned, you know expanded cell size kits, uh, the million cell kits. Uh, and again, those are early in development, and so we hope to be able to tell people a lot more about that next year. And beyond that, you know we have very early phase projects on proof of concept for um, immune uh, with VDJ as well as other very early access technologies. So the great thing about PipSeq is that we have users say, can you do X with PipSeq? And the answer from a technological perspective is usually yes, but resources and, and time to get there. And so we're always eager to have those conversations. You know, we have our senior director of applications who who loves to talk shop and tech with with all of our a lot of academics that are looking to do something new and really push the envelope. I mean PipSeq is a flexible technology that does allow them to do that. So if you are a really savvy single cell user looking to push the limits of what's possible, whether that be sample type or even, you know, kind of multi-omic technologies, you know, PipSeq is is the tech that will allow you to do that. And so we're always eager to speak to people like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> that you will have a lot of requests. Well, <laughs> I can tell you after some, no, but it's true. We always, as a researcher, all my life I was doing research, we always want more, more and more. And it's very funny because some people that I know that they are field application scientists, they tell me, come on, Katya, people are never happy with the offers that we are presenting. Like we present A, they want A plus B. Well, I think this is the main reason for science to develop and to move forward. We always need to want more and better. So (laughs) yes, it's good. It's good that even you are a startup, you guys seems that is a very dynamic team Very innovative team, development. So yeah, that that is great. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And to finish, how can people contact you or Fluent Biosciences to learn more about the products, to give you ideas for new products? Yes, we'd love for people to reach out to us. So um, for support.
1: Um, on any of our existing kits, we have the support at Bio email. For sales, at sales at Fluent Bio. Um, we encourage people to reach out on our website as well. Follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter. Handle is at Bio on Twitter. Um, and so we'd love to hear from our customers in any way they'd like to get in contact with us.
0: Yes, I will leave also these links for people to follow you in social media and Fluent Bio Senses. Because that is really also important. If uh, someone that is listening to us that is new on the field, go and follow the company companies because you guys normally have webinars, a lot of resources, free resources that really we can learn about the technology. And that is great. So yeah, I think it's everything for today. Thank you so much, Christine. It was a pleasure to talk with you and to know more about this new technology. Thank you, Katia. I really appreciate the opportunity to spread the word about PipSeq. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Single Cell World Podcast. If you think it was useful or you learned something new, please spend some seconds rating this podcast on Spotify or leaving a comment on Apple Podcasts. It will make me super, super happy. For more tips or advice, follow me in Instagram or Twitter at Single Cell World or simply subscribe our website or blog at www.thesinglecellworld.com. Well, I will wait for you next Monday with a new episode.